Thank you all for coming. No. It's good to be here. A couple days ago, it was really warm. Is it, is it doing okay? Okay. Let's see now with this feedback. Look what you did, Mike. Okay. Are you doing that, Seth? Ethan. That's Seth. Okay. Who's Seth? <laughs> Okay, we're going to redo this. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. It's finally getting cold. The first couple days that I was here was not cold. Really, that was really exciting for me because I'm usually blamed for the cold that I bring from North Carolina. Uh, I want to pray first. Because this is not like a mean message, but it's a serious message. It's like really from my heart for this church. And so uh, I don't want to just give a good message. I want God to uh, minister to your heart today. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. For those of us who are born again, who are truly born again, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you dwell in us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here amongst us, because there's two or more of us gathered. And the very fact that you are here, that's amazing. But we're asking more than just you being here. I mean, your presence can transform. But there are things that you can do, Holy Spirit, that no one else can do. You're the one who comforts. You're the one who delivers. You're the one that imparts things. You're the one that refreshes us. Holy Spirit, you're the one that brings life. So I ask, Holy Spirit, would you do amongst us and in our hearts, each heart here, what only you can do. Amen. So uh, I work with a lot of churches. In particular, I work with a lot of leaders. And, you know, usually leaders are made of tough stuff because you have to have to be, you know. And when there's difficulty, um, you just sort of tough it up. You just tough it out. And uh, that's just what you do, right? Uh, you try not to complain. You, you try to depend more on God. And a lot of leaders are like that. And I'm, just, I'm not trying to schmooze you guys, but this church is like this. This church is made of tough stuff. I mean, everybody's broken, everybody has issues and all, but there's something over the years, the 20-something years I've been with there's a, a resilience and a toughness, and uh, okay, let's get through it, we'll get through it together, and that's just such a strength. However, these last two years are years that none of us have ever gone through before, ever. And it's not just the COVID thing. It's the political thing. It's the school thing. There are so many things that are going on. And don't deceive yourselves. Over time, it takes a toll on us. It just will. I'm I'm not trying to speak weakness into you. But after a while, it's just, okay, what's the next 
chaotic thing that's going to hit us, right? Uh, it's like COVID 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Pretty soon there's going to be the, the New Jersey variant, and then everybody's going to be getting mad at me. That, I mean, it's just like, what's next? Or what, what next stupid thing is going to be incorporated into our culture? Like, what's the next thing? And after a while, we get used to it. But our soul, imperceptibly, but, but little by little, gets more and more tired. And you can get used to that. You can get used to being in sort of a, a survival mode. And um, like I said, I, a lot of pa- pastors, they burned out simply because they got used to carrying things that God had not ordained them to carry. Or they weren't used to the emotional pollution in their lives. It was just sort of, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to eventually get, create, God's going to create an opportunity for us to uh, maybe get our swag back, right? But have you ever noticed that God sometimes in Scripture is a little bit insulting? Like, remember that cripple, well, remember that guy. There's a story in the Bible. There's a crippled guy. And he, he, he's, he's near this little, little pool. And he's all, he's all crippled. Can't get anywhere. And Jesus stands next to him. And hopefully you know the story. Uh, an angel would go and swirl the waters, and the first one in the water would get healed. Well, here's a crippled guy. I mean, he's got a horrible first step. He's got none, right? So he's not going to make it. So he's just sitting there crippled and watching other people get healed. And Jesus is standing next to him. And he goes, would you like to be healed or would you like to be made whole? Do you realize how insulting that is? Here's a crippled guy at a place where people are getting healed and he can't get there. And here's Jesus going, would you like to get healed? You know, of course I'd like to. That's why I'm here. But then he started complaining. He said, look, I'm here, but if only I had someone to take me there. I mean, you know, I've, I've got all these, all these reasons why I'm where I am and I can't get there. Yeah, what, what, what an offensive question. He didn't realize that Jesus was standing right there. Like he's right there. That he's the solution to his situation. But how he got this crippled guy's attention is he asked a, an offensive question. Or have you ever just gotten really mad at someone and, and, you know, and then for years and then justify it? And then the Holy Spirit just whispers, you know, not only forgive your enemies, but love your enemies. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that this loving Savior, he says, th- he says things to us that are offensive, right? Well, let's say the last couple of years sort of wore you out just a little bit. Yeah, you love Jesus, but my gosh, you're trying to pay bills. Or, you know, you got this illness, or this, or that, or all these things, legitimate, soul-wearing things. And, yeah, come on, let's go after Jesus. You go, yeah, 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 I'm pooped. Right? And then you run across Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Let me read this. 
Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourselves. Now here we are. Remember, we're pooped. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. What? I want you to think of this. Scripture, God is commanding us, hey, don't ever be lacking uh, with zeal. Always get, you know, always have your game on. Um, always have your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're after it. No matter what comes, hallelujah, God's in control. I'll follow Jesus no matter what, right? And that's the command. I mean, it's not just, hey, it would be a good idea. Think about it. It's like, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That could be insulting. That could be offensive. Some of you are going, well, how could I keep something I never had? Right? Or, yeah, I remember a time when I was really hot for God, but now I'm surviving with God's help. Right? And here's this offensive scripture that says, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That's a little challenging, especially during these times. Now, I've said this a couple times while I've been here. Religion says, here's the standard, work really hard so you can satisfy the standard. Now, if you don't have a lot of zeal, or you're really wore out, this command is offensive. It's overwhelming. But if you look at the command as God said, this is my will for you, and if you'll surrender right where you are, I will lead you into experiencing that. That's what God does. That's the gospel of grace. That God is, is he's very clear on what his will is. You gotta love your enemies, right? Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that are really hard. But he lays them out there and if we surrender our condition and then just follow him step by step, we will start experiencing his will for us. Does that make sense? This is actually like really good news. Y'all should be going, yeah, amen, because that's how you got saved. That's how you got saved. Hey, look, you got to be righteous to be in my family. You're not righteous. Oh, what am I going to do? Well, I got righteousness for you if you'll just surrender all your sin. That's it? Yeah. Surrender your sin, your life to me, and I'll come live in you. And as you follow me, you'll become more and more Christ-like. That's the gospel. we got to get this really in our head. Okay. So... What's, what's this passion? This zeal? What's that like? Some of you know what that's like. I mean, some of you are still believe that the, the Vikings will win. I believe, you know, with advanced technology, the Vikings will win like eight straight virtual Super Bowls. No, I'm sorry. Just lost you all. Look, we all have the capacity for, for passion, for zeal, for fervor. Um, you know, it could be, your passion, you know, your kids, it could be, you know, your, your school, it, it could be any sort of thing that you go, man, I just really love this, and I can really focus a lot of my energy on that, right? It's an intense caring about something. When you have a passion for something, when you have a zeal for something, it means you, you have an intense, very focused caring. Right? 
And this scripture is saying, hey, uh, have an intense caring for serving the Lord. But now it hurts even harder. An intense caring for serving the Lord, obeying the Lord, doing things His way instead of our own way. Oh, I just want to get through. Can we lose our passion for serving the Lord? Can we lose it? Not our salvation, but can we lose it? Well, of course, the answer is yes. The key, though, to getting back your passion, or even getting it the first time, the key is to admit it, that this scripture is a challenge, and I'm lacking in zeal for serving the Lord. you got to admit it. Not to get beat up, but so you're in a position to surrender that to the Lord so he can start growing that passion in you. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. So, ever, ever uh, you know, go to these malls and you just don't know where you are? And then you, this little directory and this little map and says, you are here. And once you find out where you are, yes, you may think you're right next to your destination, but then when you get to the map, you go, oh my gosh, it's over there. But at least you know where you are. When you know where you are, then it's easier to navigate to where you need to be. You just got to admit where you are. So here's some questions. Right? And if you have any yeses to this, like, yeah, that's me. This is not a condemning thing. This is just God saying, so where are you? Oh, you're there? Okay, good. I'll get back to you. At that place, I want you to give it up to me so I can grow you into the zeal that you were designed to have. Got it? I'm very teachy today, Mike. Jeez. Almost pastoral. I don't know how to do the pastoral voice, though. You know, the pa- I, this is my teaching voice, maybe a little prophetic voice. The teaching voice is all of a sudden, hello, everybody. Jesus loves you. There's absolutely no pressure here. Just, I'm not there yet. Okay. So, are you spiritually drained by this? This list is brought to you by the letter D. Um, spiritually drained. Are you flat out, like, tired, empty? You feel isolated? And one of the ways you know you're drained is you're, you're a little chippy. You're more critical than you normally are. And you find it really hard to love others. You know, and it's not because you're a hateful person. It's just, you're just drained. You ever had a hard day, really hard day, and then you come home and you are drained and your kids go, Daddy, how are you? Get away from me. Why? Because you're just drained. It's not like you hate your kids. Hopefully. Right? Are you spiritually dried out? Now, spiritually dried out is, is a, we all have gifts and callings and things. And many times we depend on our gifts, uh, on our experiences and our talents but we don't depend on the Lord. And when we depend more on our gifting and not on the Lord, we start, we, we start getting dried out. I, when I counsel people, they come in and I talk to them. If I just rely on my experience, someone will come in and go, oh, this one reminds me of about 18 others who are just like that. And I give them the solution and all that sort of stuff. Well, it usually doesn't work. It's because I haven't depended on the Holy Spirit to use my gifts and talents. Okay? So sometimes we just depend on ourselves, even on our God-given gifts. 
I've seen worship people do that. They can sing a song and make everybody cry, but it, it comes from their gifting. It doesn't come out of their relationship with the Lord, and it eventually just dries us out. Are you spiritually discouraged? Discouraged for me means I'm paralyzed by my weaknesses. I'm paralyzed by my failures. I'm paralyzed by the voices of the enemy that says, who do you think you are? You can't do it. Don't you see what what you've done? You're never going to be successful. And after a while, that drip, 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 drip thing, it just discourages you. The idea of taking a step forward, it'll never work. Why even try? Spiritually defeated. Think of the prodigal. The prodigal, you know, he was a son, and he decided to take the blessing of God and use it for his own life instead of for the will of Father. He goes, he crashes, he burns, and he is absolutely defeated by his own hand. He's a mess, it's all his fault, and he could have said, there's no way I can come back. Why? Because I have just disrespected my father, look at me now. And he was utterly defeated until... I, think, I believe the Holy Spirit said, why don't you go, go back home anyway? All right? Spiritually disillusioned. This is something that a number of times I've personally had to battle, is where you just stop dreaming. You had some dreams, you tried to navigate them, they blew up, you even felt like some of those dreams were from God. And it didn't work out. And then you go, what the heck? Why even try? Um... There's no hope for a better future. I'll just hold on and ride it through. It's just, there's so many people. You know, the enemy contributes to that, but it doesn't matter how it gets there. You can just be spiritually delusioned. You go, what's the point of making friends when nine out of ten friends of mine, they end up betraying me? You know, obviously there's something wrong with me. You just get disillusioned. You believe that God can do anything, but there's something deeply wrong with you. And therefore, what God does for others, he's not going to do for you. Here's another one. Spiritually disheartened. You could be intimidated by obstacles. When Caleb and the spies went into the land, they saw all the promises. And when they came back, uh, ten of the spies said, Yeah, but there's giants in the land. And those giants are bigger than the promises of God. And Caleb goes, wait a second. There are giants in the land, but God's promises are bigger than the giants. What Caleb did is he saw these challenges as opportunities where the rest of the guys looked at these challenges as obstacles. When we start looking at life as a series of obstacles, we lose heart. We just lose heart. Sometimes... We're just spiritually distracted. This is, this is where me and my wife have been these last couple of years. Spiritually distracted. Because, you know, when you're in ministry, you know, we got three daughters, we homeschool, and there's COVID and all this sort of stuff. We are so stinking busy. I mean, even when there was the shut-in orders, it was amazing how busy we were on the phone, taking care of stuff. I mean, the busyness after a while becomes like a buzz. You're just surviving. You're on auto mode. The you're not focused. It's hard to make priorities. And you're the Mary Martha. You know, um, you're running around trying to serve. And then, like one of your relatives goes, "You know, I'm just going to hang out with Jesus." And you just go, "I hate you. I hate you. 
right? We can be so busy with life and many of the things that we are doing are good, but sometimes the busyness just sort of distracts us. And we know it. We know it. We can be, are you spiritually detached? This is the place where I'm most worried myself. I can get to a place where I go, I'm just going through the motions. I mean, I'm just, you know, I love people. I love ministry and all. And, you know, there are times you just put your head down and go. But if you do it long enough, you're just going through the motions. Your heart knows something's wrong. But you're just, you're on autopilot. You're just going through the motion. You're you're detached. And this is sort of like spiritually drained, only worse. Um, Are you spiritually depleted? Just flat out, you can do a lot of stuff, but your soul is wore out. One more thing. You're not going to have a nervous breakdown, but one more thing just makes you tense up. Just one more thing. Just wore out. Just for kicks. Do any of you identify with any of these Ds? Please raise your hand. I'm here, and I'm still D in it, okay? Resourceful people go, all right, I'm going to tough it out. And without knowing it, we're, do, we're engaged in our own self-imposed religion. Well, we'll work hard. Almost everything in the kingdom is achieved indirectly. We want strength. We want vigor. We want zeal. We want this. God promises this. It always goes through him. Me, I'm naturally inclined to just go after the promises of God. But God said, no, everything you need for life and godliness comes through your relationship with me. Whatever D you're in, Jesus is not going, he is so not like that. He's not an enabler. He's not going there, there, there. You've heard people say, God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you, right? He really means that. God is drawn to our deeds. He's drawn to them. He's not put off. He doesn't roll his eyes and go, aren't you ever going to get this? That's not Jesus. That's a religious Jesus. But that's not Jesus. All these deeds, they're legit. It's actually the condition of your soul. What's the solution? This is going to sound so cheesy, but it's the truth. The Lord Jesus himself is the solution to lost passion. Jesus himself. Like, if if you need an electric shock, you don't pray it in. You go find the wall socket and go like this, and then you get your shock. That wall socket is the solution of your need for a shock fix, okay? Second Peter chapter 1. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, which I think would include spiritual fervor serving the Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our relational knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Matthew 11, 
verse 28 through 30. This is Jesus. He's talking to people who are burdened with their D's. Remember, a lot of you said, I got a D. Some of you going, I got many D's. So what are you going to do? Work really hard to handle all your D's. Jesus says, why don't you come to me? No, don't come to the idea of me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever just maybe worked out in the fields or you, you just work really hard in the sun and all and you're just, you're just tired. And what you do is you go spend like an hour in the shade with your favorite non-alcoholic adult beverage. And you just get refreshed. Your body temperature goes down. And all just you going aside and just chilling and getting, you know, revived. Man, you go back and you're ready to go. That's what it is for me. This is what Jesus is saying. Hey, you with the D's, why don't you just drag your nasty D to me and find rest. Find refreshing for your souls. Many of you are looking at me going, how do you do that? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Okay? Look at Psalm 23. This is David. He knew something. He knew something. The Lord is my shepherd. Which is a nice Jewish way of saying, I'm not my own shepherd. The Lord is the one in charge of taking care of me. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You cannot restore your soul in the way you want it restored. You can't. We're not designed by God to do it on our own. He restores our soul. He brings us more in line with his plan for our life. Connecting with him is the foundation for getting your swag back. Connecting with him is actually the solution to fixing some of the issues that have been draining your soul. He restores my soul. So this is a a word for the church at the beginning of the year. That's my job, right? Come here, give a word from the Lord, okay? Face your D's, face them, and take those D's to the Lord, and then stay there. Consecrate, of all the things that God wants you to do this year as a church and as individuals, Consecrate and cultivate your relationship with the Lord.
Consecrate means to set it aside as something really important and not just have a one-off, you know, or have a date once a week. But consecrate it and then build on it. You know, uh, sometimes my wife and I, we get into these, so many things. We get involved and we really do try to, you know, have some sort of date once a week, whether it's in-house or out, you know, uh, go out, go out and have it just to get away. And it's good that we set that aside. Um, but what's even better is when we set it aside, we use that as not the only time that we connect. That, that time of setting aside the special times becomes the basis of connecting throughout the week. You know what I mean? We develop our relationship and having the dates sort of helps us develop our relationship. We don't always do it right, and 99% of the time it's my fault, right? But there's something about when you consecrate something, you go, look, my time alone with the real Jesus, it's important that I set aside time not just so that I can get a little refreshing, but so I can build a stronger relationship. Notice what happens if you just do this. Just do this after a while. Your spiritual fervor in, in serving the Lord, it'll just come out naturally. You plug in to the Lord on just on a, even on a daily basis. Watch what happens. So consecrate and cultivate your relationship with the Lord. Here's a couple things. Return to the Lord in a fresh way. This is not a New Year's resolution. This is, huh, Lord, I want to set aside special times where I just read your word, talk with you, pray, and worship you, and I just cut everything out. Just go do it. Now, this is not just you know pastoral counsel. This is actually how Jesus thinks. In Mark chapter six, he told his disciples who were you know following Jesus is hard, right? And he went, "Oh, you guys are tired." He goes, "Why don't you come away with me privately and rest?" I mean, Jesus himself was going, "Hey, why don't you just drag your D's to me and consecrate time with me and watch how I." Just sort of lift your burden. Where you're no longer used to living under your deeds. So just return to the Lord in a fresh way. If, if you're up till midnight so you can't get up early to hang out with Jesus, go to bed earlier. I mean, there's just stuff you do when you care. You know what I'm saying? I'm pastoral, Mike. I'm sorry. Don't even worry right now about memorizing and understanding anything. Just read and keep reading your scripture. And if you don't like reading, listen to scripture. Do so. Just getting in the proximity where you're getting scripture in, God's word has a power all its own. So just spending time talking with God, read scripture, and just start keeping reading it. Right? Um, pray and keep praying. By that, I mean, talk more to God 
and keep on doing it. I mean, you don't have to yell and scream going up and down the, you know, Walmart. Oh, God! Yeah, don't do that. But talk to God. Talk to God throughout the day. Pray and keep praying. And every so often go, so what do you think, God? Now, all the things I'm sharing here, anyone can do. These are not reserved for spiritual heroes. These are things that are not recommended only for the spiritual elite. This is available. We can all take steps to do this and grow. We all can learn how to get rid of our D's and get the zeal for serving the Lord, get it back. Surrender and keep surrendering. What does that mean? When you're developing, you're just doing this thing with the relationship, when the Lord points something out because you're connected with him, it's so much easier to go, I should have known that. Please forgive me. It's, I'm telling you, confessing and repenting is a lot easier when you're connecting. I, that almost rhymed. So surrender and keep surrendering. You spend time with Jesus, he'll, he goes, stop thinking about that. Or don't think that about yourself. I really like you. I died for you. And, and you go, okay, sorry. Sorry I was beating myself up. Lord, I believe you. The, just the, the surrender thing doesn't mean you flagellate yourself. The surrender thing means as you develop with Jesus, he changes how you, how you think about things. You know, he, he washes your brain, okay? Uh, yield and keep yielding. What does that mean? You know, when, when you're praying, just reading his word, all that, there are going to be times when your, your opinions and the opinions of God are going to clash. Have you ever noticed that? Am I the only person that's had that problem? Right? When you're reading and praying and all, and you're surrendering, guess what? When it's time God wants to, you to do this, and you're going, but I want to do this, just yield. Just go. I don't, I don't even have to get it right. I'll just get the train out of the station. Learning to yield. And here's the easiest but hardest part. Receive and keep on receiving. Look, I know I'm in Minnesota. And I know there's this idea that, well, don't be too greedy for God. Right? God is so generous. When we put ourselves in a relationship with him, he gives us exceedingly abundantly beyond what we ask for or imagine. But we got to get ourselves in that position when we're just connecting with him. And after a while, you start expecting, well, man, this is sort of tough, but I'm following you. God, I know you're going to pull this one off. And then when he pulls it off, you go, Psh, thank you, God. Right? Instead of trying to fix your spouse, have God fix you. And watch what happens to your spouse. Well, that was for someone. But um. Now, here, this is a, a little prophetic Jewish push. Okay? One way to start this process is not a religious thing, fast distractions. 
What are your distractions? You know, for me, I've chosen to fast piano playing. <laughs> no. Hey, look, there's some really good things that, you know, look, I love keeping up with the news, all kinds of news. Um, I, 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 just, I just love that. And, but after a while, I get so involved with that, it's a distraction. You know, social media. Or I, only the Lord can show you what you need to fast. Fasting something doesn't mean that what you're fasting is bad, but it's a distraction. So I really encourage y'all, like January, just go, Lord, what would you like me to fast? Some of you, it will, God will just say, well, why don't you fast talking about people who aren't in the room? But, 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 see? <laughs> it's amazing. God will show us how to fast things that are distractions to our souls. So that's the word. So it, acknowledge your deeds. Do not get all upset about your deeds. If you see your deeds, sorry, if you perceive your deeds, acknowledge them and go to Jesus with them. And then develop that relationship with Jesus that will help you live out that offensive command to keep your spiritual fervor up. When you have people who are cultivating that kind of relationship with Jesus, nothing can stop them. Nothing. No hardship. No, nothing can stop a people who are connected to the Lord from having a joyful ride even in the middle of challenges. And I, I believe you guys, you're not burned out, but you're tired. You've got a lot of D's. I want to pray for every person who knows they have at least one D. Would you please stand if you got a D? Oh, you are such wonderful people. Now I'm going to pray for you, and I don't have any magic, you know. Holy Spirit will come to help kickstart. But after the kickstart, start thinking about how you're going to return to the Lord in a fresh way. Just you and Him. Just you and Him. Just read and keep reading Scripture or listen to it. Just figure out how to do it. Start talking, keep talking. Surrender, confess, surrender. And when there's conflict between your will and his, just do it. Just obey. And really be greedy for the blessings of God. Receive and keep receiving. So Lord, I thank you for this church. You are setting this church up for really unique, individualized 
growth and expansion. God, when you restore our souls, we become catalysts for other people's souls. We don't have to be told to go reach other people. We just bring our restored selves in the presence of other people. And man, they just, they get a whiff of who lives in us. Lord, I ask that you would bring this gentle spirit of repentance, a, a, a fresh turning to you, not just for relief, but for restoration. God, I ask there would be a fresh desire to spend time with you. And God, you would even just speak individual in an individualized way. What sort of distractions do we have that we can give up so our soul can get used to focusing on the Lord? In the name of Jesus, I declare that over time this church will never be lacking in zeal. That this church will have a spiritual fervor serving the Lord that just can't be stopped, can't be quenched. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and refresh every person. That you would go directly to their D. And there would just be an exchange. God, I'm tired. I'm disillusioned. I confess it. I come to you because I'm tired of carrying these Ds. I'm tired of getting used to these Ds. God, I come to you And I ask to start carrying your yoke. God, would you bring a refreshing, a restoration of my soul that won't just be an event, it'll actually become a lifestyle. God, would you do this for us? God, would you do this for the people that you want to entrust to us? And God, would you do this for the sake of your name, which we carry with us wherever we go? Now, while we're all here, I'm not going to have anybody come up. But if you know you've been far away from the Lord and you go, before I get all restored, I just got to come back, okay? This would be a good time to say, hey, Lord, I'm coming back. Um, And if you're going, you know, I just realized I've been in a garage, but I'm not a car. (laughs) That... I really have never experienced what this Ben Goodman guy is talking about of connecting with the real Jesus. I want to pray for those two people, two kinds of people. You don't even have to raise your hands. Lord, for those sons and daughters who are far from you, Lord, I ask that their hearts would hear you beckon, just come on home. Just come on home and, and I'll accept you. I'll, I'll clean you up. And I'll give you a reset do-over. God, by your spirit, would you bring people whose hearts are prodigals. Just bring them home to you. Not to church, but to you. And God, for those who are going, I think I need to give my life over to Jesus. What he's talking about, I'd sure like it, but I have no idea. Lord, I ask that you would give this, this incredible grace to every person here who's going, I don't know if I'm in. Or I know I'm not in. God, would you give them grace to surrender their past, their present, and their future. Their sins. 
the ownership of their life to you. May they experience not only your forgiveness, but your excitement of being allowed to live in them, to lead them and guide them, and, and, and just be with them. Lord, I ask there would be extraordinary salvations, even for some of the young people, where they go, huh, there was a before, but now there's an after. Bring just clear salvation to those who are doubting. And may there be a lot of celebration because of it. Amen. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your blessings. God, we thank you for grace. God, that there is a power when your grace is released into our lives. Father, we can become, it can become daunting to even think of how all these D's in our lives need to be addressed. But your grace is sufficient. The power is there. We take a step towards you and you meet us every time. So, Lord, I pray that each one of us go out of this place with a fresh sense of your presence in our lives as we commit ourselves to you. Pray you watch over us, keep us safe, protect us, give us those opportunities that we look for them every day to share the hope of Jesus that's in, in, in the world, in us, and the world needs it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.